All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Text Lab. We are here from the green room at Vintage Grace Church. Will, it's a little bit wet out there, man. It's a little wet, but Crawl, your time is coming. You're going to get some warm weather this weekend, not to mention you've got a fun place you are going this weekend. We are going down to Yorba Linda, California this weekend to be with RCC, uh, BG, dearly loved family church down there and uh yeah we are excited to be with them and uh excited just for this roman series man about where we're headed and where we we've already covered the ground yeah it's it's gonna be great this roman series is fantastic and crawl i know you're gonna try to hit up a beach while you're down there because it is beautiful weather but hey lest you, lest you think that this is a crawl weekly check-in podcast. This is the text lab for our listeners who do not know where every single week we do a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for your life group this week. Our goal is simple to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. So whether you're leading a life group or just trying to do some deep dive on your own, we hope the text lab helps you have meaningful study, reflection, and conversations about what God has said in his word this week. We are going to kick off in Romans 1, 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Will, a very well-known passage of Scripture— a passage of scripture that might have influenced our dear friend Martin Luther in some different capacities, and one that really sets the tone for the whole book of Romans. As we just even look at these first few verses in chapter 16, what really pops out to you? Yeah, you know I love my dead guys. So, all right, here we go. I love these two. Th- these verses are Paul's centralized thesis of the entire letter. This is what Paul is saying. He's like, okay, we're going to talk a lot about unity. We're going to talk a lot about mission. Why? Because this is the core of what unity and mission is built off of. For I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This power is, is what brings about this unashamedness of Paul. It's what brings about like, okay, uh, shipwreck. Great. Like it, it's going to be the, like you, you're going to try and murder me to live as Christ to die. Okay. Like these are words that are coming out of Paul's mouth because of his unashamedness of the gospel, that that's the power. And I think there's something to notice in verse 16 about the unity that he's already talking about, even in verse 16. Sometimes we hear these verses and we maybe think of like, I am not ashamed, t-shirt, Lecrae, 116, things like that, man, come to my mind. And here, Paul's talking about not being ashamed of the gospel, less about um, necessarily even being bold in the cafeteria lunchroom or around non-Christian friends or family, things like that. But he's talking about the power of the gospel for unity, first for the Jew, then to the Gentiles. Well, he's talking about the power of the gospel is that the gospel unites and the gospel brings together people from every background, um, every place around the world, every uh, personality and and life together in the church as one um, in the gospel. And that's the power of the gospel, that it has this ability to unite like nothing else really in the world can. I think Paul's making that emphasis here, even in verse 16. And I love that because it's not about the t-shirt that we used to wear growing up, right? It's not about even the Iwana verse that we memorized these verses. In fact, it's actually, it's not about me being in the cafeteria being like, oh, 
I'm going to see if you believe in Jesus or not. It's actually saying like this invites you to sit at the lunch table with those people who don't love Jesus. Why? Because you're so secure in who you are in Christ. That frees you to be yourself and who God has made you to be and to engage in those sorts of conversations because the gospel is for everyone who believes the Jew and the Greek. And literally what that's saying, we talked a little, little bit about it last week is Jew, Greek. This was the known world. This is how you were understood standing all sorts of people around the known world. This is the def- definition of being like, yes, this is the power that we are unashamed about is what it actually saves people. It's not going to be about you trying to put up this guard and be insular and like closed off. It's going to be actually the freedom that you have to engage with these people who don't love Jesus. And there's something about that, that is an opportunity for us to experience the reality of the gospel here and now and salvation that comes here and now. What happens a lot in Western individualism is that we think about salvation as something between just me and Jesus, that he saves me. I say that I believe these different things and it's kind of just this very personal, individualized salvation experience. Okay, some people think about this as fire insurance. When you die, something happens. And Paul is talking about salvation is a lived experience in a body of believers, in a local church community that they are experiencing the power of salvation. That's something corporate. That's something collective that we go through together. And so communitas here isn't just like this sweet fellowship around the table, although that's what it is. It's salvation that's being experienced together as a people, which just adds a whole nother layer to how you think about the power of the gospel, um, especially in times and places where people are very, very divided. The gospel actually does unify us because it is the power of the gospel that unifies us in salvation together. And I love what you said about what's happening in communitas, right? It's like, it's exactly what's experientially happening in verse 17 for the, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. That's what we get to experience in those spaces and places. It's this experiential salvation that's continually working out through us and in us to be like, oh, this, I believe. It's, it actually frees us to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. It frees us to be honest with one another in all of those spaces and places and realizing like that's transforming us in the gospel um, as to who we are and who this righteousness that's taking place there is we are made right, not because of our own works, but because of what Christ has done for us. And talk a little bit more about that. Well, like how does the righteousness of God unite us together? Yeah, it unites us because as we talked about last week of the barbarian and the uh, Greek or Gentile, as we talked about, it was like, this is the uniting factor is that we are all sinful. We are all worthy of wrath from God. There's not one of us who escapes this life without due punishment. Actually, there was one, his name was Jesus. And because of that, the rest of us, if we place our faith in him, have this righteousness that's been giving over to us. So the perfection of Christ is given to us who by faith believe in him. And it's actually working out in our life. And so it's drawing us into a continual transformation of, I am believing deeper in the spirit's work in my life while still 
putting to death the former ways of my old life. And that's what unites us. What unites us is not our, as we talked about last week, socioeconomic status, political status, what color skin we are, where in the country we live, where in the world we live. It's actually who we are in Christ. So much so that I can go have a cup of coffee with a pastor yesterday who's from England, his wife's from Scotland. We're talking about our favorite soccer teams. And he's like, but we're united in the gospel of Christ. And I was like, so I love just to that. clarify here, Will, you're saying we are not united as the church because of our perspective or opinion on a certain issue, on a certain uh, viewpoint of how things should play out in our world politically or socially or economically today. We're united because of Christ. Exactly. And what that does is it frees us to view all of those things. Not that they aren't important, because I want to clarify, they are important, but they're not primary. Primary at the core is the gospel of Jesus Christ, our triune God. And I think what's incredible about that is something real has happened in our salvation. I think this is huge. When you understand what Paul's saying here about our unity in Christ— because of our common salvation in him. It's not just that we have all said we believed in Christ. That has happened. But Paul will continue throughout the book of Romans to talk about us being united with Christ. And when you believe in Jesus, something real actually happens where you are united with his spirit. And so all of us together are actually ontologically united with Christ. And so when we recognize that, when we recognize that all of us are actually united with Christ, that changes the way we think about the local church. That changes the way we think about communitas. Oftentimes we talk about very pragmatically why you should be involved in the local church or why you should be a part of communitas. But something actually has happened. A transformation has occurred. Something has changed in your life to such an extent you're united in Christ. And so now there's this shared fellowship just because of that unity in Jesus. And that's what Paul's talking about. There's this salvation that has occurred that has united the Jew and the Greek together. That's the righteousness of God uh, revealed from faith. That now unites us. And as he says, that's what we live by. We live by that faith in Jesus, the righteousness revealed from him. So, Carl, as you think about this, what do you think about when you think about these verses? I think when you think about these verses, when you think about the righteousness of God, you think about the fact that that's what actually unites us. And if you wake up and think about that every single day, if you wake up and think about the fact that we are united with Christ and united together, it changes everything about how you live that day because you're recognizing this is the core piece of my identity that I live in the righteousness of God. This changes now my relationships with each other because of the righteousness of God revealed in Christ. What about for you, Will? Yeah, I love this because it's another reminder of what we talked about last week, that God is just as present in our life group as he is in the pub the next night. And I love thinking about that as I'm grabbing coffee or I'm talking to different people of being like, the presence of God, our faith is actually experientially lived out both in our life group as well as it is as it is with our yet to believe friends. Because this is this is what we get to be. Not in a and I want to be very clear here. It's not in this separationist mindset of like that we are better than our yet to believe friends. It's actually in a way that we say lost people matter most. Because that's the power. The power is not upon us. The power is actually us revealing our own wicked and sinfulness and then us stepping into spaces and places where people are hurting and people long for this deep rooted, um, this connection with other people. And so we can, we can freely offer that in the gospel of being like, come be a part of the family of God, because that is where you're going to find what you're longing for, because that ultimately is the good life. 
So good. Friends, this is the Text Lab. Thanks for joining us. For our listeners who don't know, we do this every single deep, and we just really want to help, every single week, we really want to help you go deep in the text. And so whether you are working at the gym, cleaning the house, mowing the lawn, driving your car, whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts, we hope you feel equipped, encouraged, and ready to walk through the text this week. We want you to know, to do your own prep, let the Spirit lead you, and know that you are the one who was sent by God this week to your family, to your school, to your work, to the coffee shop, to the pub, to the gym, and to soccer practice, wherever your Pray Watch community might be and wherever, whatever God invites you to go this week, where you are sent to be the living proof of our loving God. We love you all. We'll catch you next time on the Text Lab.